When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, everybody. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And I have to say, tonight I am in an excellent frame of mind because it's the first day of summer. And you know what that means? Hell yeah. You know what that means? Time to slip on the Speedo, <laughs> dive headfirst into the January 6th hearings. Because this afternoon, the committee held the fourth installment in a great summer beach read I'm calling Scary Plotter and the Goblet of Liars. <laughs> but also, it also happens to be the longest day of the year, and I'm sure it felt like it for the former president, Dumb Coyote. <laughs> because today, the committee laid out in shocking detail how his relentless and illegal scheme to overturn the election brought harrowing consequences for those honest public servants who stood up to the pressure to support his heinous lies. In her opening statement, committee vice chair Liz Cheney had a warning for our nation. I would urge all of those watching today to focus on the evidence the committee will present. Don't be distracted by politics. This is serious. We cannot let America become a nation of conspiracy theories and thug violence. It's true, because if we do, the reptilians who run the New World Order will steal our spines to use as radio towers to broadcast our location to Bill Gates. <laughs> now, first up, first up, we heard testimony from Arizona Speaker of the House and what happens if you leave your Bowers out in the rain. <laughs> Rusty Bowers. Bowers, lifelong Republican, testified that he faced massive pressure from Rudy Giuliani and other Giuliani lackeys demanding that he flip the state, which he knew he had no right to do. And here's why they thought Bowers should cooperate. He would say, aren't we all Republicans here? I, I, I would think we would get a better reception. I mean, I would think you would listen a little more open to my suggestions, that we're all Republicans. Okay. Overturning an election is asking for some serious brand loyalty. What do you mean you won't burn down my house for the insurance money? We both drink Diet Pepsi. <laughs> the former... Are they sponsors? <laughs> I don't know, sponsors, I don't know. We'll find out. The former president and the former Rudy Giuliani promised Bowers that they would eventually get him proof of this supposed... Voter fraud, they kept talking about, but they never did. Then Bowers gave this revealing quote from Rudy. My recollection, he said, we've got lots of theories, we just don't have the evidence. And I don't know if that was a gaffe, or maybe he, he didn't think through what he said, but both myself and others in my group, the three in my group and my, my council, both remembered that specifically, and afterwards, we kind of laughed about it. Well, of course you laugh. Rudy's got a great sense of humor. Okay, two guys walk into a bar. Hey, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> what was I saying? What was I? Yeah, 
The pressure on Bowers caused him some real soul-searching. And today, he read an emotional journal entry from the time. I do not take this current situation in a light manner, a fearful manner, or a vengeful manner. I do not want to be a winner by cheating. I will not play with laws I swore allegiance to. With any contrived desire towards deflection of my deep foundational desire to follow God's will as I believe he led my conscience to embrace. Wow. In a moment of darkness, drawing strength from a deep well of conscience and fortitude and faith. That is beautiful. And inspired by that, I wrote a pretty good one today, too. <laughs> Dear Diary, today was the hearings. They made me sad, so I ate a snack. It was peanut butter on a donut. Pretty good. Still sad, though. Love, Steve. Never tried that. Never tried that before. Okay. <laughs> then we got to hear from Georgia Secretary of State and man being held hostage by two flags. <laughs> Brad Raffensperger. You may recall that on January 2nd, 2021, the former president held an hour-long call with Raffensperger where he bluntly requested some election skullduggery. So what are we going to do here, folks? I only need 11,000 votes. Fellas, I need 11,000 votes. Give me a break. That is just pathetic. He's literally begging them to invent votes for him. It's like watching an old man try to mooch an extra pancake at the Denny's. <laughs> what are we doing here, folks? I only need one more pancake, fellas. And then I got a grand slam. Just, just flap some jacks on there, okay? Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. And the state of Georgia. <laughs> the committee... This is Rudy Tootie, rich and fraudulent. I know that's IHOP. Moon's over my hammy. The committee... <laughs> see, man's, eat, man's eating at a Denny's right there. The committee also had text messages to one of Mike Pence's aides sent from an aide to Senator Ron Johnson. The details are about Johnson trying to get a list of fake alternate electors into Pence's hands. But what jumped out to me when I saw it this afternoon was that the treasonous text chain started simply with, Sup? Pretty chill way to overthrow democracy. <laughs> Sup? OMG, let's totes seat alternate eight electors for the lols. Now, one of the... TTFN. Now, one of the most heartbreaking witnesses of the day was Georgia election worker Wandrea Shea Moss, who was hatefully and unfairly attacked by the former president and his goons. In a web video, Giuliani accused Moss and her mother of a variety of falsehoods, and, of course, there was a normal, sober explanation. In one of the videos we just watched, Mr. Giuliani accused you and your mother of passing some sort of USB drive to each other. Uh, what was your mom actually handing you on that video? A ginger mint. That might explain why Rudy never produced any evidence. He, 
He kept jamming Altoids into his USB ports. <laughs> this isn't working. Hand me a Ricola. <laughs> Damn you, Swiss. The committee. The committee also played some truly moving footage of Moss's mother, who goes by the name Lady Ruby, explaining what it was like as an everyday citizen being attacked by the most powerful person in the world. Do you know how it feels to have the president of the United States to target you? The president of the United States is supposed to represent every American, not to target one. But he targeted me, Lady Ruby. Oh, no. Now I'm mad you don't dare target her. From this moment forward, America's gonna have to choose Lady Ruby or Shady Rudy. <laughs> Not everyone's. You don't, you don't go after Lady Ruby. No. She's royalty, I think. Not everyone's uh, focused on 2020. The midterms are coming up, and there's a whole new election to undermine, complete with plenty of kooky, far-right candidates like former Missouri governor and man at the hardware store asking if this tarp is bloodproof. <laughs> Eric Greitens. Greitens was elected governor of Missouri back in 2016, but resigned in disgrace a year into his term after reports of an affair with a former hairdresser who accused him of abuse and blackmail. So, not the kind of guy you trust with a match, let alone a firearm. Keep that in mind when you watch his new Senate campaign ad where he attacks so-called rhinos or Republicans in name only. I'm Eric Greitens, Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. Uh, first of all, it's rare to call for the death of a member of your own party. I've only seen it once before. Bloomberg 2020, I hear Bernie Sanders is allergic to peanuts. And I... I gotta say, that is disturbing, and I've got two questions about that ad. One is, what the hell? And two, what are they actually breaking into? <laughs> An empty house? There's no furniture in there. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Wait, and I'm being told the Late Show has actually acquired the original cut of the ad. Join the maggot. Whoa, 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 I'm working here. You're getting dust all over my freaking semi-gloss, Ram, bro. Open houses until Saturday. Tell SEAL Team Socket to stay off my hardwood floors, and you're paying for that door. You're paying for the door, douche Cassidy. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Werner Herzog. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. 
I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Welcome back, folks. My guest tonight is a filmmaker and author you know from movies like Aguirre, The Wrath of God, Fitzcarraldo, and Grizzly Man. He has just written his first novel, The Twilight World. Please welcome to The Late Show, Werner Herzog. Herzog, thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah, enjoy to be back. It has been 11 years since I've interviewed you. The first time I interviewed you was over on the Colbert Report. Yes. And I was in character then. I was in character then. We talked about uh, Cave of Forgotten Dreams, you know, radioactive albino alligators and everything. I love that conversation. Mutants. Mutants, exactly. And I I haven't seen you since, but I'm so glad to talk to you out of character. But here's the thing. You have become, to the public at large, is something of a character yourself. There is the character of Werner Herzog. What do you think you represent to people? Uh, well, it's a dangerous subject because uh, it's just me and nothing else. And I try to, to stay away from categorizations and mm-hmm. playing roles, although we should not forget that uh, all of us are in some sort of theater Uh, that we create for ourselves and we behave and we are performing. Uh, When you are in church, for example, you are performative. When you are best man in a wedding, you are performative. When you talk to your children. So we we have settled in in some sort of a performative life. Mm, That is the Werner Herzog stuff I'm talking about right there. (laughs) That is pure, uncut Herzog. One of the things that you've been producing lately is a, a new book. This is, a, this is your first novel. It's called The Twilight World. And um, this is fascinating to me because it is about Hiro Onoda, yeah. who, and for the people who don't know, explain to the people who Hiro Onoda was. Uh, he was the last uh, Japanese soldier who surrendered after the end of the Second World War. But it was 29 years after the war had ended. He was on the Philippine island, uh, left alone, and he had orders uh, keep the island occupied until the imperial, imperial army returns. Uh, so he stayed in the jungle and, and he would have skirmishes and uh, had survived ambushes. And he took every little piece as evidence that he found that the war was still going on. For 29 and years, what for evidence? For 29, for example, leaflets were thrown down from planes, asking him to surrender. And some of the Japanese characters were misspelled. So he he knew immediately that must have been the enemy's secret service. The American secret service doesn't know how to spell correctly. Then he would see uh, hundreds of airplanes, warplanes going overhead and moving west. But that was already the next war, that was the Korean War. Then years later, B-52 bombers, uh, aircraft carriers, uh, and battleships, all passing by, going west. That was yet the next war. That was the Vietnam War. For eight or nine years, he sees that. So it was all evidence for him, and he was hunted. 
his last two comrades were shot dead in ambushes. And he, Onoda, survived 111 ambushes and skirmishes and finally surrendered. Now, how did they finally get him to surrender? Well, a young man uh, uh, dropped out from university, had three goals in life, find Onoda, uh, have a meeting and encounter with the abominable snowman, the yeti in the Himalayas, and find a panda bear in China in its natural habitat. So he sets out to Lubang Island in the Philippines, and within a day, Onoda stumbles into him and almost shoots him dead. So the Japanese guy, Suzuki, shouts out, no, no, I'm Japanese, I'm Japanese, and I'm only 22 years old, and nice to meet you. So for an entire night, he tells Onoda what has happened in the last 29 years. And Onoda is kind of halfway convinced, and he says, why don't you go back to Tokyo, bring one of my former commanding officers, and only if I receive competent military orders, I'm going to surrender. So three weeks later, his former major arrives, 88 years old, and tells him to surrender. And he does so, and there's a Philippine honor guard standing in attention, and he hands over his rifle that he's kept impeccably rust-free uh, for 29 years in the jungle, hands over his sword to the highest general of the Philippine army, and he immediately hands it back and says, the true samurai keeps his sword. So it was... Uh, and what was the reaction back in Japan? In, <clears throat> well, I, I only have heard people talking about it. It was as if uh, for an entire minute the hearts in Japan stood still when, when it was announced over the radio because... It was known all the time that they were still searching for Onoda. And, and the hearts stopped beating. They, nobody took a breath for 60 seconds. And then Japan came back and, and they, salute, they greeted him like, uh, like a great rock star. Now, in, in most of the world, people mm -hmm. see uh, Onoda as um, uh, misguided, sort of having wasted 29 years, sort of a foolish figure if one uh, guided by orders. What is your view of well, what he did and the decision he made to keep fighting? Well, he, the orders were, you have to set your own rules. So he was not under direct orders. He um, settled in into the jungle and, uh, and fought the war without any commander around anymore. And, uh, of course, it's tragic uh, because... Uh, it, was, it was not foolish, it was tragic because uh, he lived a life, or lived the life of a soldier in a fictitious war that was complete reality for him. And he organized every single piece of evidence as if it was articles of faith. So like a, almost like religious, uh, strange religious belief systems uh, originate. And I am asking myself, who was the ghostwriter of his actions? Who is the ghostwriter of what we are doing right here? Mm. It's the sponsors, I think. I think <laughs> <laughs> yes. More with Werner Herzog after this.
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. The Twilight World, Werner Herzog. You have such an iconic voice, and I was hoping that we could we could use your iconic voice to to tell a few jokes. Oh my goodness! Okay? Yeah, yeah. They're okay. they're, they're, uh, they're fairly fairly simple jokes. I'll I'll do them with you if you don't All right. mind. Let, you, you, you say the, the lines that are in bold. Yeah. And I'll say I'll say the other lines. Okay. okay. Well, knock three knock. Jokes. Okay. Ready? Ready? Knock knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo who? Do not cry. <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. You got Thank it, kid. You, yeah. you got all right, it. Yeah. All right. Let's do another one. That, that one's just that's you. Just you say that line. Yeah, okay. Two peanuts were walking down the street, and one was and one was assaulted. <laughs> Sad story. Okay, yes. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Werner. Thank you. Wait! No, 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 no. Please, please, please have a seat. Uh, okay. The Twilight World is on sale now. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more. And Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.